Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fantastic episode for you today with a truly fascinating guest, Prima Ballerina with the Grand Ballet in Montreal. Raquel Buriasi joins the show. Raquel was born in Sarzana, Italy, and started ballet at the age of four. At age 11, she won a full scholarship to study ballet in Cannes, France. Three years later, she moved to Stuttgart to attend the John Cronco School. After graduating in 2006, she joined the famous Stuttgart Ballet, where she achieved first soloist in 2012. She joined the Boston Ballet in 2015 as first soloist, and in 2019, became a part of Le Grand Ballet in Montreal as principal dancer. Raquel also teaches and is an invited as a guest dancer in various productions all around the world. Now her dance resume is impeccable, as is her cultural diversity, as living and working in different countries has had a profound effect on Raquel. She's wise beyond her years and is able to view the world in many different lenses. She currently speaks five different languages and she has a great understanding for the importance of being curious and traveling the world. With her outstanding resume as a dancer and her unmatched cultural background, Raquel was the perfect guest for today's show and we hit it off immediately chatting for over an hour and because of that we're going to break today's conversation down into two episodes. You'll hear part one today and part two tomorrow. She was exceptional. I adored listening to her chat about dance, to chat about the importance of travel, the benefit of being curious and seeking out new opportunities. She's a reservoir of knowledge and I admire how open-minded she is. Our conversation went in several different routes. She shares with us her dance and performing background, as well as how living and working in Germany, United States, and Canada have positively impacted her life and made her who she is today. She also talks about how she persevered through the struggles of the pandemic by staying busy, how additionally it was a welcome respite. She was able to recover physically, mentally, and spiritually during the extended time off. Now this Friday, Raquel begins a new collaboration with Quebec choreographer Edward Locke. It's part of a triple bill put on Ballet Grand Ballet in Montreal. Edward Locke is recognized internationally for his remarkable career spanning more than five decades. And in a long overdue collaboration, he presents an electrifying solo, the fruit of choreographic reflection during the pandemic created for first dancer Raquel. It's two world premieres, one semantic and one choreographic, occurring on the same night, same stage, both authored by Edward Locke. And that will be beginning this Friday. For more information, check out grandballet.com. Best of luck to Raquel for the new show. Really excited for that. And looking forward to seeing her on stage soon. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and welcome on Prima Ballerina. Le Grand Ballet in Montreal, Raquel Buriasi. And let's learn. What was your dance and performing background? And when was it that you realized that you were skilled and had a potential career in dance? <laughs> That's a really funny question because actually I started dancing because of my mother and just because I was hyperactive and she was like, I need to get this girl tired somehow. Yeah. And she used to love ballet and she used to want to be a dancer, but you know, it were different times. So, you know, they were like four kids and money wise, it wasn't like, you know, possible. So she sent me to ballet and I hated it. <laughs> so, because I wanted to become a, a vet. Really? Because I love, yeah, because I love animals like a lot. 
Um, and then, uh, so I went there for like a year and then I stopped. I was really young. I was like three and a half. Um, so I stopped and then actually it was suddenly just one day watching TV, Italian TV. I saw this beautiful performance of Swan Lake. And now when I saw this ballerina, like being a swan, I was like, mom, that's what I want to do for a living. And then she said, no, she's like, no, 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 you already had a chance. And you said, no. And I was like, please. So after I begged her, she brought me back and that, and then like, I literally never stopped. So that's how I actually started. And it was my teacher who really realized that uh, I had a lot of talent, like, like physically I was, I, ha- I had natural like flexibilities and like strength and, um, yeah, so he was the one who really saw something in me and then uh, pushed me to already go like doing like summer programs at the age of eight, nine, and just get, you know, to, to, to see other dancers and other teacher. And then, uh, do you want me to just keep going? Oh, I love like, it. So far, life? yeah, keep okay. going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's interesting because then at the age of 10, I was in a summer program in France, in Cannes, actually. Mm-hmm beautiful city i was really young i was 10 and then the director there was like wow i really love this girl can i i would like to have her in my academy so my teacher was like oh okay well we need to talk to her and the mother because i mean she's 10 years old and and then when they told me i was like i was happy but also i was like i don't know if i want to go alone you know like all the way to france so I didn't, but then the year after, actually I was 11, that's when I said to my mom, mom, can I go? I really want to try. I, I really want to, I'm curious. I want to like know more. And the director was really, really like, he really, really liked me. So, and then actually my mom was the hero who actually let me go at the age of 11. Like I was really tiny. <laughs> and then I went to France and I was, there I went to school and ballet like uh, in school in the morning and then ballet the whole afternoon and I was living like a let's say how you know how you say in English like a internet like a dormitory for girls yeah okay. yeah and then uh, I, I used to love living in there and then at the age of 14 around 14 I that's when I decided I felt like I was not really progressing like I was really I was like the best in my class and like I didn't feel like I was going like more and more into my dancing so I decided to try another school and then uh, my ballet teacher was like yeah there is this amazing ballet school in Germany Stuttgart it's very well known it's called John Kranko school and uh, and then he said, do you want to go audition? I was like, let's go audition. So I went to audition and then I got in, which was uh, it was a really also funny story because I didn't really know much about that school and, you know, and uh, everyone was speaking in German. And then at the end, we were, I think we were like 300 girls and I didn't understand anything. And then basically I was the only one who passed that time. <laughs> because they only had one more spot left because it was late in the year, it was June already. So then, uh, that's it. I was like, okay, bye, friends. And with 14, there we go. I moved all the way to Germany. Uh, I, John Kranko School was probably the school that brought me a little bit the most in the sense that 
the teaching ballet wise was like this very hard uh, method the vaganova method the russian method that really gave me this push of becoming more professional and really getting me ready to be a ballerina okay so i i did uh, four years in the school i did two years in the school two years in the pro professional and then with the age of 17, 18, going on to 18, the director offered me a job at the company right away. And uh, it was like my dream going to the Stuttgart Ballet. Like back then, I just remember, I was like, wow, girl, it's like my dream. So I got in right away at the age, at the age of 18. I was in the Corps de Ballet. And then I got really lucky because the director also really liked me and really gave me a lot of uh, opportunity actually if i think right now back then i was like i was only 19 when he gave me my first main role and you know like you just came to the company and then all the people and it was it was very hard but i guess I, i did well you know because then after that he promoted me and i kept getting roles and then he sent me to toronto to do the famous eric brun competition and then I did the Vaganova competition in St. Petersburg. So let's say like it, it went well. And then with the age of 27, so after 10 years being there, let's say, I was feeling a little bit too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I always thought that being comfortable, it's when you stop learning kind yeah. of. So I was like, I know these ballets. I've done them probably once or twice already. I really need something new. And then I just decided to go like to America, like yeah. suddenly out of nowhere. And then I was very interested in three company and it was uh, New York City Ballet, San Francisco Ballet and Boston. New York City, because I'm a big fan of balancing work, George balancing work. And then San Francisco, because I really love the city and the company, it's great. And then Boston, same, the, the city, it's really beautiful, I thought, and very European. So then... Uh, actually, New York City Ballet is kind of impossible to get in if you're not if you didn't go to the school there. So it was not really working. San Francisco was working, but somehow when I thought about being on the other side of America, I was like, "That's too far from my Italian family. We're very close, the Italians." <laughs> and then Boston offered me a job, and I was like, "Great, I'm gonna go to Boston." So actually. It was crazy because I, I just left like my 14 years life in yeah. Germany and my apartment and like I had my dog, I had a dog and it was, and then I just, yeah, I just left and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything about America. I didn't know how you work with visa, but I did it. And then I went to Boston and uh, I loved it. I loved being there and I loved learning a completely new way of thinking of dancing of traditions everything was great like i was awake again it was like this is new it was hard not easy it's very different than europe but it really gave me an extra like a wake up you know and uh, so i was there four years and then the director of uh, Le Grand Ballet Canadien here in montreal invited me three years ago to do a guest thing here in montreal and that's when I saw Montreal. And then I was like, oh my God, it is like the perfect city. It's between America and Europe. It's perfect. 
And also the director here, he used to be a principal dancer in Stuttgart Ballet, so I knew him from long time ago. And then he offered me a principal uh, dancer contract and uh, my boyfriend actually lives in New York. So I thought, you know, it's perfect, it's not far and we can still see each other and for me it's like it's bringing here the perfect mix i learned from america and europe so and now i'm here and i'm like super like super 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 happy oh, what, story. A, what a fascinating <laughs> I know. Uh, summary of everything <laughs> you've moved multiple times and you didn't just move down the street. <laughs> you moved to a new country where you have a new language, you have new customs, you have new types of ballet you have to learn. And you've done it multiple times and you did it at a very young age. It's not easy. And you mentioned it being it's difficult, especially, especially your Stuttgart move from, to, to the United States. Did it get easier every time you went to a new culture? And, and if it did, what were some of the things that you did to acclimatize yourself to a new culture? So um, it's not easy. But it has some positive and it, it the fact that you can start from zero, let's say, let's say. Okay, so maybe you learn For from good or bad, mistake. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's very hard because whenever you go, you need to kind of forget about how you used to be or what you used to do in other places. So you can go there and be like, oh, I used to do that. No, because you need to put in your head, you're now in a new place and you need to, to, you need to adapt to what they ask you, not that they need to adapt to you. Because I've met many dancers that had trouble, but because they would change places, like thinking, you know, that uh, things should work the way they know, they knew already. So it's very, it's, it's not easy, you know. But um, I think what helped me a lot was just even having people around, asking and seeing with my own eyes how, how people or other dancers were like working or, you know, like behaving and... Uh, I had to, it's almost like you, you're learning a new language, not only actual language, but like a new way of living, a new way of expressing yourself also, because it's not, it's not at all like, you know, in Germany, it's not at all like it was in America. In America, it was not like it was in France. But what I love about that is that I feel, and I'm only 33, but I feel kind of full of, information for everywhere so i kind of know how to behave everywhere like and this is something amazing because sometimes i see for example from my family they're very italian <laughs> but at the same time you know sometimes when i talk to them i can see the difference of when you actually travel because sometimes when you stay for a long time you, it's like you're in this ball and you think you know and you think this is how things are and but then when you travel you're more open-minded you're more like you see different things that i think yeah like maybe my family they don't because they think just one way because it's the only way they know you know what i mean i do yeah so that's like that's when, what i did when you're in a new culture for the first time and you're confused and you maybe don't know the answer or you just don't know what to do next, whether it be a small problem or a large problem, what'd you do during those times when you didn't have the answer and maybe you felt alone being in a new country? 
That that's a hard question because <laughs> no, because it's true. Like it was it was not easy. I would I think I would probably most of the time try and ask people around me that I could trust how to how best to handle some kind of situation. Because again, maybe the way I used to handle it somewhere else is not the same how they would handle it some in like in America, let's say, or in, you know, in Germany. So it's a very delicate situation. How also how to approach like, I don't know, ballet masters or coaches or, you know, it's uh, it's very, very different. So sometimes, yeah, I needed to ask, for example, it's funny, but like America, it's like very, very polite. And I feel like, almost to, for, for my taste sometimes even too much because then I feel like I'm not sure what a person is trying to tell me. Meanwhile, somehow Europe sometimes is the opposite, it's like very, very honest. And, you know, just, and so it's, it's that thin line between, you know, and that's something you, you can learn only, I think, if you actually, you know, uh, li- live in a place. It's tremendous because you've seen the world through different set of glasses, uh, and you're a very talented actor. But maybe even more impressive, you speak five five languages: so <laughs> yes. English, French, Italian, German, Spanish. Spanish. Okay. Yeah, because my my dad also he's Argentinian. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I'm like mixed. But uh, I was born in Italy. My dad was born in Argentina. My mom in Italy. He moved to Italy when he was like around 15, 16. Okay. And he's always, we only speak Italian, but yeah. uh, it's just, uh, I just, I had a lot of Latinos friends and I always yeah. felt like it's very close to Italian. So I, I thought yeah. it was interesting to, to just learn that language. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you miss most about Germany? What I miss most about Germany, you mean like as talking about my job or talking about like life? Wherever you want to take that answer, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so the difference. Let's say that in Germany, the only difference that I could see compared to like Canada or mostly America is, for example, talking about work. Uh, in Germany, we're supported by the state. And Germany, somehow, artists are very, like, you're like a superstar for them. Mm-hmm. So they have a, a big, big, how you say, interest on, on you personally. Not only you dancer, but you personally. And so I, it was always, I always felt very comfortable, like very comfortable, like uh, organization-wise, very comfortable, like money-wise, very comfortable about like the city, very comfortable about many things. Meanwhile, in America, for example, as you know, most of companies are not supported by the state, but by donors. And so for me, that was harder because I felt like I, I wasn't more anymore like comfortable like I used to be in Germany. I had to be more like this and like you had to kind of work your your way of like uh, entertaining with people and blah, blah blah so i miss this kind of like german like peace let's say in a yeah. way like it was more settled like you do your job and you're just like paid off and they really treat you like yeah you know that's uh something i miss and 
in what I mean is I think it's mostly like the other organization and everything was just like so easy. <laughs> okay. Before I go back to the Don's question, I do have one more travel-based question for you. Yeah, yeah, so sure. If we, could, if we can magically go to any of the following locations, which are we going to for the food? Are we going to Italy? Are we going to Germany? Are we going to Boston? Are we staying in Montreal? Or are we going to France? Which are we going to <laughs> magically pick you up for the next meal that you have? Where are we going? And what are we eating? I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is like, I'm sorry, but it's like so obvious. It's Italy. I figured. I, mean, I figured. So okay, what are we eating? <laughs> <laughs> it's like every time I, I talk about Italy, people are like, you're so patriotic. And I'm like, no, trust me. With all the country I you know, travel in my life because seriously, I've been to China, Japan, Korea, like everywhere. I'm not saying that we're like the best, but we have so much history. Like whichever city you go, it's history. Anywhere, even the smallest village. The quality of the food, I mean, the quality of the food, it's insane because we live in, in the Mediterranean, in the Adriatic, and just the taste, they change from one coast to the other. It's crazy because the Adriatic Sea is much more saltier than the Mediterranean. That's the thing people don't know. And like in the Mediterranean, the sun comes from this side. So it's all this. Mm -hmm. And so food, it would definitely be Italy. Okay. Sadly, I had no chance to yet travel, which is my dream, but I'm always busy, to the south of Italy. I only I went to Puglia, which is the hill. Mm -hmm. But my dream would be to go to Sicily because apparently they say, it's even better than the rest of Italy. But like you go to, to Napoli, to Rome, like the food. So my favorite food is pizza. I really love pizza. I could eat, if I had to choose pizza and pasta, it's a hard, it's a very hard choice, but I would go for pizza. And uh, I think some of the best pizza, like you, you find it like probably was Napoli, was like just out of, this universe um but here in montreal there is uh this italian restaurant that the owner is actually my friend he, his, his name is max and he buys the oven from napoli and like he has pizzaiolos coming all the way from napoli so you can really find good good italian food and pizza here in montreal yeah what's your favorite what is your favorite if you had to choose pasta or pizza what would you choose <laughs> What time of day? <laughs> no, like you can choose only one <laughs> okay, forever. No. Oh, forever. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with pizza because of, I think all the, some of the best pizza I had in Rome was walking and just doing it as I walk. So get the square pizza, fold it up and walk. So it's something you can do just as you go. So I'm, I'm exactly just because not, oh, but the taste is great, but also the convenience as well. And even the time in Venice and Florence, just easy. It's simple. I agree. I agree. I, I love it. And it was really funny because, uh, you know, as Italian with Hawaiian pizza, wow. <laughs> we're like, no, pineapple on a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So that was always a really fun thing in America with my friends who were always making fun of me. Ah, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and I know we could talk lots about travel, lots about food, and we'll get yes. back to that. I wanted to ask a couple more dance questions. First of all, how did you handle the last 18 months with cancellations, with events not happening, with probably a lot of uncertainty for your future? And then as I've talked to other guests, there's also that lack of identity. Like, I'm a performer, but if there's no performances, who am I? So just how did you handle the last crazy 18 months? Okay, I, I'm going to be like very, very honest because 
for me, it wasn't so bad. I was very, 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 very lucky because so I think everything shut down. It was pretty much here. It was like around March. Mm-hmm. So um, first of all, I had the last three, four years of my life have been like so incredibly busy, like schedule wise which I love because I love to take the summer to do guest things, but, some, but I got to a point where I, could, I didn't even have time to have two or three days of vacation. So if I have to be honest, the first time March when everything had to stop for me was a chance in the first time in my life to actually say, okay, you know what? Yeah. I, have, I can't do anything, so I'm just going to take a full like three weeks, four weeks doing nothing. Then what happened was um, also luckily my boyfriend managed to come to Montreal. So I was not alone because I know some people that, my God, like I don't know how they did it. They were like completely alone in a, in a like one bedroom apartment. It's like insane. But uh, what I tried to do was um, keeping actually like a schedule. After I took this break, I decided to keep a schedule. So I would like wake up at eight then to my class in the kitchen like 10 to 11 30 then have a half hour break and then do some hour of pilates then do another hours of like i don't know any kind of gym or anything and then you know and then at night and then i would work like i would do it like monday to friday and then Saturday and take it off so i try to really I teach a lot of classes also for people or, or like young kids or, you know, young students that for them it's hard because they don't really know maybe how to handle this situation. But then for us here in Montreal, we were very lucky that by June we were already back in the studio. We were only like, um, I think, four people in each studio, obviously the mask and every like you know, a measurement we had to take. So that was, you know, it was like three months, let's say, and then we were back in the studio, which was really helpful. Um, I remember we were very, very lucky to be able to have one performance open air in August already. And then I was very lucky because as as an Italian, I was allowed to go back to my country. So let's say for me, it didn't really change so much because I could still travel to go see my family. It was only obviously much more complicated. And then when we came back, uh, it was nice because also the company here really tried to keep us busy. Uh, We started creating new stuff. We started creating ballet. We started working on things that we might be doing. So it was good because we kept going nonstop. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, and then actually, (laughs) it was the first time in 16 years I was having Christmas with my family. (laughs) Crazy. It was almost unbelievable. So for me, luckily, it was not too bad, but I did miss the stage i didn't miss the actual like atmosphere of getting ready for a first for the performance and the stage and the costumes and the public and everything but again we were lucky because we managed to have some like little performance open air 
then we managed to have like we did some like um filming for people to have you know to see it uh streaming yeah. so that was nice too except obviously without the public it's not the same but still it was something to look for forward to and then the year after so that was like around december and then yeah we started performing already in uh when was it i think it was may and in may we, we were already performing which was great it was only 250 people so obviously it's not the same but just like being back on a stage and like with lights and we didn't have orchestra. So, so i was very 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 lucky i'm really grateful every day because i didn't really stop doing anything you know i kept traveling and i kept dancing and i kept being busy and so I was, yeah, I know for a fact that a lot of friends of mine, or especially in America, like this, really had a hard time because for, it was like, what, two years for them doing, yeah. my friend, I think they went back to the studio after like one year and a half. And that's for me, like, yeah. this, I don't even know how, how I would have reacted, if I have to be honest. So I really, every day, I'm so grateful because I was super lucky, super, super lucky. You know, it's interesting, what you said was similar to some of the athletes we've had on the show in the sense of, at first, it was like, wow, this is great. I've got time off. I can rest my body for the first time ever. Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm curious on that. Was there anything fun that you did for the first time? What did you do with the extra time? I'm sure you didn't just lounge around. You probably, were there new books that you read, shows that you watched? What did you do to just have fun? For the, maybe for the first time having fun, right? <laughs> Well, it was it was great because like it was like I said like the first time that you're you you know sometimes like say you have holidays you have a month off but then you're like okay I can relax I have nowhere to be right because, now. yeah yeah but that time you're really like I have nowhere to be yeah. so all I remember was like the first week I was just like relaxing i was like doing like my mask i was watching tv i was cooking i was reading i was like oh because i used to take because i could speak russian too and then i forgot russian so i was like i'm gonna go back on it like you know started like learning again uh and then yeah like again like i was teaching i was trying to contact people i was trying it was it was great mostly i was like this is the first time i can really heal because you know like i had some issues with my body and uh, and uh, yeah i know it was it was it was i have to say it was great all i remember was like watching this tv show on netflix homeland you know homeland i know it. i haven't like, seen it but i know it's it, like yeah. it's like a season i just remember i was like i can just keep watching <laughs> non-stop like I don't have to go to bed. I don't need my eight hours sleep right now. I like, you know, so it was, it was great. I did not really last long, if I have to be honest. Like after two weeks, three weeks, I was like, okay, now I need to. But again, with my, having my boyfriend there was easier because then, you know, like yeah, we could cook. I think it's when you're alone, it's, <gasps> were you alone or were you alone during the pandemic? Yeah. Sort half and half, a little bit of, a little bit of both. Okay, because that must be like I remember, like one of my close friends here, he's Italian, like was super alone in like a studio, not even one bedroom apartment. Like yeah. it's awful. So like, yeah, I was trying to like 
talk to him also and and I used to every morning I used to just go out for a walk you know like uh, just because I I couldn't really be closed inside actually that's the only thing when I was traveling for the first two times that was still like a big thing the 14 days quarantine was mm. oh my god the worst <laughs> thing in my yes. life yes. and I'm hyperactive and I'm crazy so for me, it was like alone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. She's fantastic. Our conversation will continue on tomorrow's episode. And be sure to follow Raquel on Instagram, raquel.buriasi29. And check out grandballet.com for more information about her newest show. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers had to offer. Everyone's unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>